The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. Today we celebrate Father's Day together, and for all of us, Father's Day is a very emotional day. And, And some of us, we can't wait to spend time with our dads later on this afternoon. And for others of you, this is actually the first Father's Day that that you've had to experience without your father. And for those of you that experience Father's Day as a reminder of what it is that that you haven't had in in your life personally, I I know that today is going to be very difficult. And so it's my prayer for you personally that God will heal what's broken in, in your own heart. And so for, for all of us today, Father's Day is an emotional day because fathers are powerful. Now, there's a number of myths in our world today as it relates to fatherhood and, and being a father. And, and this is really important for us to understand, especially if you are a young father in our world today. And the first myth is this, that, that fathers are optional. It's really easy to get the idea that, that dads that were only necessary when mom isn't around. Okay, but the truth is, is nothing could be further from the truth. Dads, you are absolutely critical in the life of your kids and in the life of your family, and you are absolutely critical in helping your children to understand who it is that God has created them to be. And the second is this idea that being a father is easy and that it should just come naturally. One of the biggest lies in our world today is that when things are difficult, then that means that you shouldn't do them. All marriages are difficult. And, and many times people walk away from marriage because their marriage gets hard and they think marriage shouldn't be hard. Well, where did that idea come from? Most of what is valuable in life is hard. Being married... Being a father is hard. It is very hard. And there are times as a man where you will struggle in both of those areas just as I have. And so as we begin today, we recognize that being a dad is difficult. It's not easy. And there's a lot to it that does not come naturally. But at the same time, it is worth every single moment. And so as we begin our time together this this afternoon, I want to share with you a video that I think does a wonderful job at capturing the heart that we as dads have for our kids and our families. Happy Father's Day, neighbor. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, it's a uh, family tradition. Wear your Father's Day gifts all day. You wore that to church this morning? Indeed I did. Yeah, it was cute when they were kids, and now they're just trying to humiliate me. Get out. I wish I could. But humiliation is their love language. So, how about you? My teenage daughter got me a coupon for a mani-pedi. I love a good mani-pedi. No, you don't get it. She wants me to take her to get a mani-pedi so I can pay for the mani-pedi. Hmm. Can you take that baby tie off, please? That, that's what's bothering you about this ensemble? I just can't talk to you with it on. Okay. 
How about your boy? He got me a Love Me Tender trout. Fish me tender. Fish me sweet. Never let me go. Well, those sound like good gifts. Do they? You did not go to church dressed like this today. Yeah, I guess. Hey, listen. As fathers, we try to provide. We communicate with grunts more than we do words. We leave the toilet seat up as a conscious act of rebellion. And we don't complain about our Father's Day gifts. That's a father's lot in life, my friend. It's not the gifts. It's, it's really not the gifts. See this? My daughter gave this to me for Father's Day when she was five years old. She said to my wife, Mommy, I need to get Daddy the best gift ever because he's the best dad ever. She even wrote here on the tag, Happy Father's Day. She cuddled with this thing every night until she gave it to me. I was this little girl's whole world. One year they're getting you chair stuffed animals and then in the blink of an eye, it's pedicures and fish. They just grow up so fast. I just wanna know that my role as a father matters before it's too late. I am gonna get that fish a reservation to Heartbreak Hotel. Our pastor this morning at church said, um, scripture, a child's glory is their father. Mm. That sums it up. That's all I want to be. I just want to make my kids proud, encourage them. Just be the man God called me to be. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Duty calls. Hey, you are your kid's glory. Your daughter, she's not looking for a freebie. She's saying she wants to spend time with you. And your son, he thinks you have a good sense of humor. I am pretty sure that your kids still think you're the greatest dad ever. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Hashtag dads are awesome. Hashtag dads are awesome. Dad, you have, you, you have an incredibly important place and role in the life of your family, and you are in no way optional. And the truth is, Dad, you know what? There's a lot of dad guilt in life, and we don't like to talk about it much, and it looks a little bit different than mom guilt, but the truth is it's there. And it's something that we live with and it's something that we deal with. And yet, also, because God is our Heavenly Father, He does actually say a lot to us in His Word about what it means for us to be fathers. And He gives to us a lot for us to learn and understand as He speaks to us and He shares with us. And so what I would like to do today is I would like to share with you two questions that over the last 18 years of, of being a dad that I have repeatedly asked myself. And the thing that's interesting about these questions is that they're important for us to ask as fathers and as dads, regardless of the age of our kids. And although these questions are going to change as our kids change, the questions themselves, they actually remain the same. 
because they're rooted in Scripture, and they remain the same regardless of the stage of parenting or grandparenting or godparenting or mentoring that you find yourself in. And the two questions are simply this. As a dad, what is it that I can do to help grow my kids' relationship with God? And as a dad, what is it that I can do to help grow my kids' relationship with me? See, part of the challenge of being a parent is that there's always trends in culture when it comes to parenting, and part of the temptation, uh, the temptation I have to battle, just like you have to battle, is to not allow ourselves to, to get sucked into these trends of culture. And one of the trends that's so powerful and potent in our culture today is this idea that if I can just get my kids the right education, you know, if I can, if I can maximize their intellect, and if I can make sure that they have all the right experiences as they're growing up, then that means that, that their future, that everything will just simply turn out fine for them and everything will be okay. You know, as a parent, it's very easy for all of us, me included, to get sucked into that kind of thinking. And yet the truth is, many of those things that as parents that we get so incredibly focused on, those things that consume our time and they, that consume our resources, often they have very little to do with our kids actually becoming adults who know and who love God. Now, intuitively, every single one of us know this. But as parents, see, the, the trend that we battle in our culture is to make our kids experience rich, but at the same time, relationship poor. And it's easy for us as parents to fall into the trap of grading our success or evaluating our success as parents based on the number of activities that our kids are involved in and their GPAs at school. And yet, oftentimes, we, we fail to, to ever really take stock in the number of meaningful conversations that we actually have with our kids where we can talk to them about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And see, the truth is, as fathers, see, God has given to us the opportunity, but he's also given to us the responsibility to have an incredible influence over the relationships that our kids have because no one, See, absolutely no one has more influence over the relationships that your child will have throughout the course of their life than you do as their father. And the sooner that we start to, to be intentional about helping to guide our kids in the kinds of relationships and influence them in the kinds of relationships that we, we know that they need to have in the course of their life, then the easier that is for us to do. Because as dads, as hard as it is to admit, one of the things that we know is that we cannot control all the things that our kids are going to experience throughout the course of, our li of their lives, can we? And as dads, we can't control all the decisions that our kids are going to make either, as much as we want to. But dads, we can control the amount and the time and the quality of our kids' relationship with us. And dads, we can have an incredible influence on the type and quality of our kids' relationship with Jesus because God has given to us as dads an incredible opportunity to positively shape our kids throughout the entire course of their lives, not through their experiences, but through their relationships. So the first question we're going to ask ourselves is this, what can I as a dad do to help my kids grow in their relationship with God. Now this question, it comes to us from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, so open your Bibles. Uh, turn them to Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is on page 284 in the Bibles in front of you.
And Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, says this. It says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Now, what I want you to notice in this verse, see, is that God actually speaks to us as fathers. He speaks to us as parents first. And he speaks to us about our relationship with him first. Because God knows that unless our hearts as dads are connected to his heart as our heavenly father, then the only thing our kids are going to experience from us when it comes to having a relationship with God is a bunch of rules. All they're going to view church as is, 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 is nothing more than, than behavior modification, which is the exact opposite of what it is that God actually wants in having a relationship with each of us. See, then he says to us, then impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. See, just as there's something inside all of us as dads that, that compels us to make sure that our kids are physically safe, because we know that there's no one else on this planet who will care for our kids and provide for our kids the way that we do. See, it's that same logic. It's that same set of emotions that all of us dads have regarding the safety of our kids that I want you to use personally as you think about the spiritual lives of, a, of your children. See, what if all the passion and all the emotion and all the energy that every single one of us feels about the physical safety of our kids, what if all of that was actually channeled into the spiritual direction of our kids' lives as well? Because the reality is this. There are a number of different ways that as parents we, we think about our kids' spiritual lives. And, and many times the thought is simply that, you know what, my kid's having a relationship with God? That's a good thing. It's a good thing. As if somewhere between soccer and volleyball and violin lessons and art appreciation, somewhere in there, you know, there's God. Somewhere in that big pile of experiences that somehow define a well-rounded child, there's God. And so oftentimes the thought is simply that, you know what, I want my kids to have a little bit of God along with everything else. And yet the truth is, that is an incredibly dangerous attitude. Because what it does is it clearly communicates to our children that God is no more or less important than anything else that they may experience in the course of their lives. The other thought is that, that, that having a relationship with God, you know, that should be a, a priority, which means as parents, when we think about the future of our kids and we think about all that's going to happen in their lives as they grow up, we think about these, these big categories that we want to make sure that, that we as parents help them navigate. And so we think about things like their health or we think about their education, their career choices. And one of these big categories that we think about is their relationship with God. Now, don't get me wrong, this is certainly a, a much better way to think about our kids' spiritual lives than the first one. But I'd like to suggest that there is an even better way, that there's a, an even better approach for us as dads to take when it comes to our children's spiritual lives. Because as a father, see, my child's relationship with God, your child's relationship with God, it shouldn't just be a good thing. 
It shouldn't just be a, a large priority in life that's somehow balanced between all of other life's major priorities, but instead our conviction as fathers must be that my child having a relationship with God is the most important thing. Because as an adult, when you understand what it means to have a relationship with your Creator, as an adult, when you understand what it means to be able to call God your Father, when you understand what it means to call Jesus your Savior, then you understand how incredibly important it is for your children to know that as well. And see, not only is there nothing that is more important than your children having a relationship with God, there is no one, there is no one anywhere who has more potential to influence my children and their relationship with God than me. Why? Because I'm their father. See, it doesn't take any time at all to look through Scripture and see how it is that God has chosen to reveal himself to us how it is that God actually calls himself, what it is that he says to us about himself. It's no coincidence. It's not an accident that God calls himself our Father. Now, there are two very common mistakes many times that parents make when it comes to their children's spiritual lives. And the first the first is thinking that because maybe I didn't do these things when my kids were young, that, you know, I've missed out, that, it, that it's too late, that it doesn't matter anymore, that there's no hope. That's just simply not true. See, it is never too late. It is never too late to start talking, and it's never too late to keep talking to your kids about who God is and who Jesus is. And the second mistake that many times we as parents make is confusing a personal relationship with God for a private relationship with God. See, for us as dads, if we lead our homes in such a way where faith is thought of as something that's private instead of something that's personal, then there's going to be very little conversation in our homes about who God is and about who Jesus is. And the truth is that's very different than talking to our kids about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus as their Savior. See, when we make our faith private instead of personal, then our kids grow up not knowing how to talk about their faith. And dads, you know what happens? You and I, we live not knowing how to talk about our faith. Now, if you grew up in a home like I did, where this was not practiced, and I never saw any of this happening, then I understand this probably sounds really threatening to you because that's exactly how it felt to me. But if you want to actually learn how to do this with your own family and with your own kids, then dads, one of the absolute best things that you can do is to simply join a family small group. Because in a small group that you will actually sit face-to-face -face with other dads, who want to learn how to do this in their families as well, and you will figure it out together. Now, the second question that we're asking ourselves today is this. As a dad, what can I do to help grow my kids' relationship with me? 
And this question actually comes to us from the book of Ephesians. And I know that every single one of us here today, that all of us would agree that us having a good relationship with our kids is incredibly important and it's very obvious to all of us. And my hope is that no matter how you would rate your present relationship with your children, that every single one of us would leave here today with a renewed vision and a renewed understanding of just how incredibly important your individual relationship with your kids really is. Because when the situation is most critical, see, it is the quality of your relationship with your child that will ultimately determine the depth of your influence in their life. Let me say that again. When the situation is most critical... It's the quality of your relationship that will ultimately determine the depth of influence that you have in the life of your child. See, just think about for a moment, think about your relationship with your own father right now. See, it's the quality of your relationship with your father right now that determines the level of influence that he has in your life, isn't it? I mean, isn't it true that, that, that if you don't have a, a relationship with your father, then he doesn't really have very much influence in your life right now? And yet, on the exact opposite end of the spectrum, you can be 50 years older or older, and yet your father has an incredibly significant role in your life. Why is that? It's because you have a significant relationship with him. And so as dads, see, what we always want to remember is this. We always want to have influence in the life of our children. And many times, not, not just through the school years, but all through their years growing up, all through their lives, and especially when they begin making many of the very most important decisions in their lives. See, it's when those decisions are being made that as dads, we want to make sure that we have influence. And what actually gives us influence in the, lives, in the life of our children is the quality of our relationship with them. Now, again, I know none of us would argue with this. The problem is, is that many times we actually miss what it is that gives us influence in the life of our kids. Because when we start out as dads, when our kids are little, you know, my influence has everything to do with size, position, and proximity, Right? I'm bigger than they are. I can pick them up. I can put them in their room. I can make them take a time out. I can buckle them in their car seat. I can put them in the corner. I have the size, the position, and the proximity advantage. I'm bigger than they are. I'm their father, and I am always, always close by. But see, the truth is, as parents, what's critical for us to understand, if we don't shift away from influence with our kids that's based on size, position, and proximity, to influence which is based on relationship, then we will lose the source of our influence with our kids over the long term, which is our relationship. Now, believe it or not, there is actually Scripture that speaks to us about this very dynamic. And this is where the second question that we're asking ourselves today, what is it that I can do as a dad? to help grow my kid's relationship with me. That's where this question comes from. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. And so turn over to that section of Scripture in your Bibles. 
And what this verse is saying to us, it's important for us to understand, this was written to Christians. This was written to people who follow Jesus. And it's addressed to fathers, but what it says to us today, it certainly applies to both moms and dads. And and this verse points to a dynamic that every single one of us experienced when we were growing up. And every single one of us swore up and down that we would never do this to our own kids if we ever had children someday. And every single one of us, me included, We've all done it to our kids. This is what it says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. See, to exasperate means that as a parent, what I've done is I've used my position, I've used my size in order to get what it is that I want from my child. And in doing so, I actually frustrated them to the point that it harmed our relationship. And again, all of us have done this before, me included. And in situations like this, the truth is, even when I win, right, even when I win, the reality is I I lose. Because what I did is I used my size and my position to put my son into a no-win situation where he had no possibility of winning the argument. What I did was I used my size and position advantage to put him into a situation that he had no hope of winning. Now, as an adult, the truth is every single one of us, we have all been in situations like that with other adults, haven't we? I mean, we have all been in a situation with somebody else that makes us feel like we could never win. Maybe you work with somebody like that. Maybe you have a family member or a sibling like that. And whenever you get into a conversation with them, they can out-argue you, they can out-talk you. It doesn't matter what you say, but you can never be right. They dominate every single conversation that you ever have with them. And if you can picture a person like that, then let me ask you this. What's your relationship like with that person? Is that the person that you want to spend time with? I mean, if you actually have the opportunity to do something that's fun or or meaningful, is that the person that you want to bring along with you? See, the truth is, what the Apostle Paul is saying to us as dads, Dad, if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful because I am bigger, and you know what, I am smarter, and you know what, I do have more power, and you know what? I can win every single conversation, every time. Dad, if I'm not careful, I can use all those things that I have unwisely. And I may win the argument, but ultimately I will lose. And what I will lose, it will not be the argument. It will, however, be the relationship. The relationship that we both, as father, as son, as father, as child, that we both desperately need throughout our lives. Then look at what it is that he says to us next. This is really important for us to see because he sets up a contrast to what he just told us. He says, Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So this is the Apostle Paul actually pointing us back to that very first question that we asked. As a dad, what is it that I can do to help grow my kids' relationship with God. 
And what I want you to notice in the text is the words that he uses to set up this contrast because the, the words that, that we read as uh, bring them up in, that, that's actually a translation from the sa- very same word that we use other places in the New Testament to translate as the word nurture or nourish. It's the exact same word that all through the New Testament God uses to explain and describe the type of relationship that he has with the church. And so in a very real way, what the Apostle Paul is saying to us as dads is, you know what, dads, I want your relationship with your kids. I want that to actually match. I want it to, I want it to look like the same kind of relationship that I have with the church. A relationship that is, is based on nurturing and nourishing and guiding and mentoring. Not a relationship that's, that's based on power, but a relationship that speaks into and directs relationally the way that we should go. And so when we take these two sections of this verse together and we look at what it's saying to us, what it's saying is this. The best way that as a dad that we can actually help prepare our kids for the future, which is the bringing them up in the instruction and training of the Lord part of the verse, is actually through their relationship with you. Exactly how God made you. By just being their dad. That's the do not exasperate part of the verse. See, the truth is there's really only two things, as simple as they are that every kid needs to have a great relationship with their parents. It's the same for every kid. doesn't matter if they're preschool age all the way up through adulthood. They've got to feel accepted by you, and they have to have your time. They've got to feel accepted, and they have to have our time. And if you're here today and you've been kind of sensing a change in the, in the, the parent-child relationship and you haven't been quite able to kind of put your finger on where the tension is coming from, See, this is the place to start. Ask yourself the question, what is it that I can do to give my child more of my time? And what is it that I can do to communicate unconditional acceptance to my child? But understand this, parents, dads, unconditionally accepting your child does not mean unconditionally accepting their behavior. Okay, Disobedience and disrespect as fathers, that is something that we cannot tolerate. And the truth is, as Scripture, Scripture puts that on us on dads. That's our job to correct, not moms. Dads, that's on us. Disobedience and disrespect cannot be tolerated. Instead, communicating unconditional acceptance to our children means that we love them regardless of their performance and we actively show them that love. And don't ever fall in or buy into the myth of quality time with a kid. Quality time with a kid is not something that you can plan for or program. It is completely unpredictable. And the only way you ever get quality time with a child is actually by spending quantity time with them. Now, if you're sitting there as a dad today and you're hearing all this and you're saying to yourself, you know what, it's true. It's all true. All true but I wish I would have heard it 10 years ago. Wish I would have heard it five years ago. Because you know what the truth is, if I'm honest? I don't have a whole lot of influence left with my kids. And I don't have a whole lot of relationship with them either. So now what? 
as a dad, what do you do with a broken heart like that? Is there any hope? This is what you do. Hear me on this, dads, please. If this is where you're at, please hear this. You love, you bless, and you serve. You can't force your way back. You can't guilt your way back. And you can't buy your way back. The only way back into a relationship with someone that you once had a relationship with is to love them and bless them and serve them. Now, why is that? It's because that is exactly what Jesus did for us. I mean, isn't that what we're going to celebrate together in communion in just a few moments? See, when our Heavenly Father, when He found Himself on the outside of a relationship with the ones He loved the most, isn't that exactly what He did? I mean, He looked for a way to serve us, not because He was a servant, but because that is what love actually looks like. See, this is what the Apostle Paul is explaining to us when he writes these words from Philippians chapter 2, and he says that our attitude It should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, the truth is Jesus could have very easily held on to his place of authority. He could have held on to what was rightfully his, his power and his position. But he knew that if he did that, that he would never get what it is that he really wanted, which was a relationship, a relationship with you. And so he chose to give up what it is that he had the right to have, and he decided to love And he decided to bless, and he decided to serve. All with the hope of someday regaining a relationship that had been lost. Not because of what he did, but because of what we did. Now, as a dad, I know nothing more important to you in this world than your kids and your family. And I also know that the the tendency of the world that we live in, it pushes us into behaviors and cultures and patterns that absolutely kill relationship. But over and over and over again, the Scriptures remind us that God cares much more about our hearts than our behaviors. That He cares more about our relationship with Him than getting what He deserves. And so as dads, as fathers... See, our calling, our, our, our job is to follow the example that our Heavenly Father, that He has given to us, that He's given through to the relationship that He has with each one of us. And fathers, if our relationship with our kids needs to be rebuilt, then what do we do? We will look for ways to love, we look for ways to bless, And we look for ways to serve our kids in the exact same way that our Savior Jesus has served us. Let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, you are a father. You have a father's heart. You have a father's heart for lost children. And you have a father's heart for all children, for our children. And so as we listen to these words, as we think about these scriptures, Heavenly Father, you alone know what we feel. For some of us, the message is encouraging. For others of us, it makes us feel sad and remorseful. But Father, for all of us, our prayer is that you would help us to see what needs to be seen, that you would remind us of the hope that you do give us in your word, and that you would remind us of the promise that you yourself have made to each one of us through your Son who is our Savior, that you are always with us, that you will never leave us or abandon us, and that you are faithful to forgive us when we confess our sin to you. And so, Father, we take these next few moments and we confess our sin and we pour out our hearts to you as our Heavenly Father. Father, you tell us plainly in your word that when we confess our sin to you, that you are faithful to forgive us, that you do give to us a new relationship with you through the death of your son Jesus, that you do give to us the forgiveness of our sin. And that as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our sin from us. And so we are, you are truly forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.